So welcome to another edition of Tata Steel Steelcast podcast, and what a place to be! Uh, very unusual, you might think, for a Steelcast podcast, but today we're here in London, in Trafalgar Square. And the reason we've come to London today is because there's a rally organised by the unions from all of the steel companies across the UK to march on Westminster and tell the politicians of both sides, Britain, we need our steel. So we're going to be following the march today. Uh, we're going to go down Whitehall, alongside the Houses of Parliament, into Parliament Square, and then hopefully lots of the politicians will come out straight after Prime Minister's questions today and uh, talk to some of the steel workers about their concerns, about the hopes for the future, about how we decarbonise the UK steel industry. And won't it be great, you know, not just people here from Tata Steel, there's people here from Liberty, from Salsa, from British Steel, from Marsa Gaglia, from Sheffield Forge Masters, to a real representation of the industry across the whole of the UK. And it's another attempt to get our message heard about the importance of steel in the UK, how steel underpins the whole of the UK manufacturing industry, how, how the UK needs steel for a resilient economy uh, going forward for everything it makes and, uh, and everything it builds, so whether that's cars or buildings or cans, steel absolutely underpins it and the unions are absolutely aligned with all of the companies to say, Britain, we need our steel. We're going to get join in the march. We're going to go and talk to some steel workers. Hopefully, talk to some politicians, and uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of other people there as well. So, uh, follow us through, and uh, we'll go and talk to some people. Okay, so here we are. We've arrived in Parliament Square. We've just walked down Whitehall uh, with all the Unite guys, all the Community Union guys. Uh, and we've come to Westminster hoping to meet lots of politicians. So bumping into lots of people here today, um, and one of them, General Secretary of Community Union, Roy Rickers. Roy, of course you were going to be here. Great turnout today, but it's a really important day, isn't it? What's the message today for the people here behind us in Westminster? I think the main message from me is we ain't going away. My union, my members, we're here, we're going to stay, we're going to fight. The steel industry provides a fantastic uh, living for our members in areas that need that employment. We offer opportunities for young people by way of, of apprenticeships and training and graduates and therefore it's a massively important industry to the whole of the UK economy. And both employers and government have to now step forward and support the industry, invest in the industry, give the industry the opportunity to show that we can flourish, we can make money, we can be successful and that's what we're here for today. This today is about sending a message to that place over there where they live in their glass houses uh, and they give us warm words uh, but no action and we need action, we need it now, we need action on energy costs, we need action on, on CBAM, the um, cross-border adjustment mechanism, we need action on procurement uh, and we need them to start doing something. We know what they need to do, we've been telling them for years what they need to do, and now they need to start doing, showing us some action. Yeah, no, it's quite a difficult one. I was talking to lots of uh, steel workers earlier, and hugely impressed with how well-informed people are about the challenges for the industry. One of the things that came across, and some of the people listening and watching this might think, I don't live in a steel constituency, I understand why the people there might, might worry about it. But the issue is so much broader. You know, wouldn't you say that you know every MP who has any manufacturing in their constituency absolutely. ought to be concerned about the steel industry? It's much broader, isn't it? Hey, absolutely, and it's not just about steel. You hit, you hit the nail on the head there, Tim. This is about manufacturing and the manufacturing industry. No manufacturing industry can be successful without the successful steel industry at the heart of it. Steel is everywhere. It touches everything. 
uh, and it is vitally important, it's a foundation industry. So this isn't just about the areas where the steel plants are situated, it's much wider than that. This is about the entire UK economy. Yeah, but I guess, you know, Roy, some of your members will, will be some of the smaller manufacturing enterprises. Don't they benefit from getting cheaper imports of steel? Wouldn't that be a benefit to those SMEs, even though obviously that would be to the detriment of the big steel industry? Are any of your members saying, we're okay with importing steel because it's cheaper? No, absolutely not. Uh, our members are not, and hopefully the general public are not as well, because this isn't just about cheap steel. This is about the UK's ability uh, and capacity to make steel and be self-reliant and not be reliant on importing steel particularly issues around our defence and around our health, health and safety. Uh, we saw during the NHS crisis how important steel was in terms of food manufacture, in terms of making basic steel for, for beds. This is a lot broader than just saying, oh, we can get steel cheaply from somewhere else. Yeah. You can't be reliant, as that's been demonstrated throughout the pandemic, you can't be reliant on imports. Yeah. And when you talk about the guys behind the people in Westminster there and the civil servants who are making decisions about the future of industrial strategy and the steel industry, they've got competing pressures, clearly. You know, they've got the energy crisis, cost of living crisis, the teachers on strike, the nurses on strike for more money. You know, there isn't a bottomless pit. Is it a hard sell for them to make such big investments, even in such a fundamental industry as steel? No, I don't think so. And I think it makes an immense sense to have a successful steel industry. And the steel industry can be successful and we can be making money and we can be contributing uh, to the economy, and we always have done. If you look at Wales, a significant part of the Welsh GDP through through the Welsh steel industry. So we're not a burden on the state. Yes, we have a specific challenge at this moment in time, brought on by decarbonisation and net zero, and that's where we need the support from government. But going forward, when we get that investment and we get the industry in the right place, we'll be successful and we'll be contributing. Yeah, listen, Roy, it's great to talk to you as ever. I think we should get you on a podcast for a whole hour because I could talk to you all day about it. So we're still here on Parliament Square, uh, there's lots going on, loads of people in the background, loads of people doing media interviews, the BBC are here, ITV is here, loads and loads of people, we keep bumping into people. And uh, just bumped into Chris, Chris McDonald for MPI. Chris, uh, great to see you here, uh, tell us what you're doing here today. Um, yeah, it's lovely to be here, Tim. I mean, so, you know, a lot of people might know I used to work for Tata Steel, I did, as did all of my colleagues at the Materials Processing Institute as well, and we're a, we're a big part of the steel supply chain in the UK, providing technology uh, to steel companies to help us decarbonise, and we want to see a really strong green future for steel, so we're happy to be here alongside yourselves at Tata Steel, UK Steel, and all of the rest of the industry to really make the case for a strong steel industry in the UK. Yeah, and it's interesting, there's people from all sorts, as you said, there's Seltzer and Liberty in British Steel and stuff and I guess sometimes those of us based in Portalba can get a bit um, a bit sort of isolated and saying look you know decarbonisation is all about Portalba and we're not really sure how people in the rest of the UK in non-blast furnace sites feel about how, how that decarbonisation journey and how relevant it is to them. What, what is that feeling in the rest of the UK do you think? Um, so you're, you're right, it's the big blast furnace site, it's Scunthorpe and Portal, but that capture a lot of the headlines. But if we look at what the technology solutions are, we need them everywhere. So if you look at things like hydrogen, carbon capture and storage, electric melting, all of these potential solutions for decarbonisation, they're relevant in, for Celsa in Cardiff, for Forge Masters in Sheffield, for Liberty in Rotherham as well. And, and, and the whole steel community really wants to see an investment in new equipment and in new technology so that we can all decarbonise together. Yeah, yeah, and I guess the demand from customers, whether you're in automotive or 
or construction or packaging or energy or whatever, they're all demanding green steel now, aren't they? And so lots of the businesses across the UK are saying, we need we need a green input, a, a, a st green steel input to be able to sell that to our customers. You're right. So I, mean, I was just reading today that, that Acre, you know, big Norwegian uh, user of steel into, into industry and construction and all sorts of things. So they've announced that they're going to set target percentages now for green steel use. They're not the first company to do this, but that was just today. We've seen this happening in automotive as well. So the steel companies that don't decarbonize are going to be left in an increasingly small part of the market. Yeah. And so we look, we want to decarbonize because we want to save the planet. You know, we all care about yeah. our children, our grandchildren, yeah. all of this as well. But, but really, from a business perspective, there isn't a future that isn't about going green. So we've, we, the, you know, there isn't a choice. So either we invest in going green, or sadly, we'll see the closure of a lot of our steel facilities in the UK. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's true. Now we've just been listening to Sharon Graham, who's General Secretary of Unite Union, rallying the troops, shouting about that lot over there, as she described them in the House of Parliament. Now we understand you're going to be standing to be an MP in the next election, so you will be one of that lot over there, Chris. What sort of influence do you think you can have? Uh, for the future of the steel industry and other energy intensive industries. Um, so yeah, I mean, you mentioned Sharon from Unite, we've got Community Trade Union here as well, GMB, the steel companies that we've mentioned, the trade associations. So it, it is a really big effort and it's a cross-party effort as well. Um, and, and that's and when you say, look, what can I bring to it? Well, look, hopefully if the people of Stockton North will have me at the next general election, you're right, I'll be sitting over the road in Westminster and I'll be quite unusual because I'll be someone who's spent 25 years working in industry. So look, I know the steel industry inside out, I know industry inside out, and I'm going there to represent the people of Stockton and Billingham and Stockton North, but I'm also going there to be a really strong voice for industry and what we need to, for industry to decarbonise. I believe in industry and manufacturing and a strong manufacturing future for the UK and that's what I'll be calling for if I'm fortunate enough to get into Parliament. But it's a hell of a challenge isn't it? We're talking big figures here, big technology changes, you know you talked about the technology of not just you know electric car furnaces and hydrogen technology but the investment that's required to decarbonise industry like steel is huge and you know a Labour par party coming into government potentially at the next election you know, it's quite a. It's, it's one thing to say in opposition. It's another thing to put it into practice uh, in government. And and we're starting to feel like the Labour Party might be rowing back on some of that commitment, financial commitment, saying it might be the second half of the next Parliament. We're starting to feel a bit nervous about that, Chris. Are you? Um, actually, no, I'm not. Um, so look, I was the first person to put a figure on the cost of decarbonisation in the UK. So if you go back two years, you can read an article in the Telegraph that quotes me that says it'll cost six billion pounds to decarbonise the UK steel industry and we need three billion from government and three billion from industry. Um, and not long after that, we got a commitment from the Labour Party from Ed Miliband at the 2021 uh, conference to say if, if there's a Labour government, we'll commit that three billion. So that's a hard three billion pound commitment to the steel industry from a future Labour government. And it requires the industry, Tartar Steel and others, to put three billion pounds on the table too. And look, it sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But in the context of what we need to do to decarbonise the economy, the sort of investment that's going in around the world from private companies, it's not a huge amount of money actually, but it requires is a partnership between government and industry and you you mentioned this um, sort of uh, uh, pushing back on the 28 billion pound green commitment uh, from the shadow chancellor rachel reeves she hasn't said there'll be no investment in year one 
she said that the investment will ramp up. And again, any of us who've been involved in the steel industry and understand how big capital expenditure projects work, we all know there's a mobilisation period. It takes a while to ramp it up. So it'll ramp up to 28 billion a year um, by the second half of the parliament. There will be money spent at the start of the parliament. And my job will be to make sure that as much of that money as possible is prioritised for steel. So that's what I'll be arguing for. Yeah, fantastic. And all power to your elbow for it. Now, before I let you go, because I know you've got lots of people no, to talk to, but, but, um, but you're in the know about lots of this stuff. So some of our, our listeners and our watchers on YouTube might be saying, listen, I get decarbonising uh, ore-based steel making, you've got to find a new technology. And I understand that applies to Patolbert, I understand it applies to, to Scunthorpe. But for many of the companies here represented here today, Liberty, Celsa, Marsagaglia, they're already running art furnaces. So what is their challenge around decarbonisation? Aren't they almost there anyway? Yeah, I mean, look, a colleague of mine was in the US last week and 70% of their steel making is electric arc furnace and they put their hands up and say, look, we've done it, we've tracked it. Well, actually, you haven't, guys, um, because a carbon reduction isn't enough. It has to be carbon elimination. And if we look at the electric arc furnace process, we've still got some carbon emissions from the process. We need green electricity, reheating furnaces. We've got a lot of gas-based reheating furnaces. They'll probably have to move to hydrogen. So there are, there are some similar challenges, some different challenges, but ultimately net zero means net zero, and that means we'll still have carbon emissions to take out for the electric producers too. Yeah, and the, and the podcast has been a fascinating insight for me as host of the podcast to learn about these different technologies. And, and if you haven't caught up with it yet, we did one with a guy called John Gibbons at Sheffield University, you may well know him, and he was talking about carbon capture, and I guess people are always saying there's no silver bullet to this. This is not a case of blast furnace bad, electric arc furnace good. There's a long way to go, hydrogen, carbon capture's got to be part of that solution but uh, listen Chris thanks very much for joining us today pleasure to meet you good luck with your election next year and uh, and old power to your elbow when you get into that place over there as Sharon Graham calls it cheers Tim great to talk to you So look who else we found here on uh, Parliament Square, uh, Ed Miliband. Hey, great to see you out here with the steelworkers, Ed, and uh, supporting a rally. There's hundreds and hundreds of people here all over the UK, all sorts of steel companies. Why is it important for you to come out here and support them today? Because the steel industry is the backbone of our country. It's the backbone of communities. It's a national security issue. It's a competitiveness issue. It's a green issue. It's every issue under the sun. It is. And our steel industry is being badly, badly let down by this government and we're gonna change it. If Labour gets into power, we've committed to a three billion investment over a decade into the steel industry, partnering with the private sector to transform our steel industry and ensure it can have a great future. You know, steel is an, uh, is a, is an industry of the present, but under Labour, we want it to be industry of the, an industry of the future as well. It is a massive challenge though, and it's a significant piece of money. And for any government of any color, it's quite difficult. The optics of the politics are quite difficult. You've got the energy crisis, the cost of living crisis, you've got nurses and teachers on strike. You know, how are you going to land it with the public to say, I know, you, I know you've got difficulties, but we just need to go and give a load of money to some private industries. That's a tough sell, isn't it? It's not about giving money. It's about an investment. Yeah. It's about an investment in our future. You know, we know from recent experience that supply chains matter. Having your own access to your own steel matters. Yeah. Uh, you know, the tens of thousands of jobs in the steel industry are, you know, then multiplied by all of the jobs in the supply chain. This is about, this is crucial for communities up and down Britain. Um, so, 
This is an investment, and by the way, I think this is an investment the public support. Yeah. The public don't want to see our steel industry go down the drain. I'm afraid under the Tories that is what would happen, but Labour is determined to invest for the future. Yeah, and it's quite a difficult one because lots of people here will say, we haven't got much time, mind. We, I'm not sure we've got time to wait for a Labour party to get into power. We how, what, how can you hold the government to account more, more quickly? We want them out as soon as possible. We want, the <laughs> we want to be in as soon as possible so we can invest in our steel industry. So here we are, we keep bumping into people here on, uh, on Parliament Square outside the House of Parliament. I think it's PMQ's inside at the moment. Um, but we've just been listening to Sharon, who's just joined me here. Sharon Graham's the uh, General Secretary of Unite Union. Uh, just heard her rallying the troops here with an with a incredible cry and lots of support and cheering, Sharon. Um, big day for the steel industry. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think what's really important is that people in this place need to know that steel is a really important industry for Britain. It's one of our foundation industries. And quite frankly, at the moment, it is pretty much near collapse because of a lack of investment and a lack of proper procurement policies. So we're here to put a stake in the ground today. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's great to see lots of different unions here holding hands together. There's lots and lots of different steel companies from across the UK, but they've got a common ask. Of, of the government, whichever colour that government is, which is to invest in the steel industry in terms of energy and technology change. Now, what is it, you know, that's quite an urgent need for all of those companies. What is it the unions such as Unite and the, and the Labour Party in opposition can do to put pressure on the government to get them over the line, do you think? Well, look, I think what's really important is that we have to really be clear about the message and what we're asking for. And some of it's really simple. I think the public need to know that actually the UK steel industry is on the brink. Um, and if we don't have a proper UK steel industry, that is, is difficult for our uh, national security. Um, how are we going to deal with our defence? How every hospital that's built um, has UK steel? Are we seriously going to be relying on China or other countries to give us our steel? So we have to get the narrative out because the decision makers for everybody in that place our constituents, our people, are the public. And so the first thing is, we need to have a proper procurement policy that if we are building UK infrastructure projects, use UK steel. That would put £3.6 billion in the industry and actually save 8,000 jobs. But the bigger thing for me, the bigger thing is there's going to be a green steel revolution. And um, we are huge users of steel in this country, but actually in the world, there's going to be a tenfold increase in the need for green steel. And we could be the leaders. Why are we always lagging behind? We could be the leaders. Invest Invest in the steel industry, invest in the electric arcs, I'd like to see eight. Um, fours like for like, I'd like to see eight. That would really mean that we could supply the world with green steel. Why not be ambitious and why not do that? And I know our own C, uh, chairman, Henrik Adams, talking to the press, says we have the ambition, we have the skills, we have the knowledge, we just need some support. You know, people in the Daily Mirror this morning, I think someone was saying steel workers don't need a handout, need a hand up. And um, I guess we're looking for governments too. The words used, invest, is really, really important. But you know, being, Unite being such a, a powerful union, one of the conversations I've been having with people today is about sort of wider manufacturing sector and the importance of steel. You know, the steel MPs are always going to support it, right? But there's not many steel sites around the UK. How do we get the MPs from other manufacturing locations across the UK to realise 
that steel is fundamental to their constituencies as well. And this is, we are the biggest manufacturing union. Uh, Unite is the biggest private sector union in Britain. We've also got public sector and we are the biggest manufacturing union. So we understand the link between a good, strong UK steel industry and obviously British manufacturing. I mean, that is really important for us. Um, and so therefore, the way that we move the politicians, we are going to be in their constituencies. We're going to be talking about this in their constituencies. I'm launching uh, Unite's campaign in Scunthorpe and Port Talbot. I'll be in those constituencies and we will have people speaking to constituents. Because if you want to be Prime Minister in this place, we want people to know that you must invest in steel, you have to deal with what's going on in energy, you can't ignore those two things. If you do that, you'll have a better chance of being the next Prime Minister of Britain. <laughs> and I know you're meeting Rachel Reeves later, a fantastically important person and potential future Labour Chancellor. You know, she's going to be having people from every angle asking her for money, isn't she? And in any government, that pressure on costs is immense, isn't it? Why, why, why should any government invest in steel as opposed to trying to solve the energy crisis, the cost of living crisis, the nurses pay or the teachers pay? Where's steel in that list of priorities? Well, look, steel and energy are very, very high up in, their, in those priorities. Plus, by the way, is public sector pay. Different choices have to be made. If we make different choices, then actually we're over a two trillion pound economy. If we make different choices, then you get different outcomes. It's as simple as that. But going back to the point you made about Rachel's Reeves, I spoke to her last night. I'm seeing her again today. I spoke to Keir Starmer. Um, what is really clear about Labour's position, whilst I'd like them to go further, is they absolutely understand that UK manufacturing will not survive without a strong UK steel industry. Yeah. They understand that. At least they're on the ladder of yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, the government, unfortunately, aren't even on that ladder. The government's answer is, we'll just leave it to the companies. Well, quite frankly, the investment required, um, and they need to have a stake in the ground on this and a stake within it, the investment required means that there has to be government intervention. Of course there does. Yeah. Um, and so therefore, for at least Labour are in that place. I like to all, want to push them more. <laughs> I want to, as I said, I want eight electric arcs. I think that makes us a world leader mm. as opposed to four. Um, but they're, at least they're on the ladder and they understand Without a strong UK steel industry, our manufacturing industry will be hit very hard, but actually our national infrastructure um, and all that is within our national infrastructure, will, there'll be a problem there too. This is a no-brainer. Of all the things that I've done campaigns on, you're sort of like, you know, A, B, C, tick. I mean, it's really quite simple. Yeah, and it is everyone we seem to speak to uh, seems to be wholly in favour of it. I know you've got lots of people to talk to. I'm yeah. going to ask you one more question because um, you talked about choices that, that can be made by governments. You know, when you talk to a lot of the steel workers across the UK, a lot of them voted for Brexit and they voted for it because they believed that would give the UK government some more flexibility to support and invest in, some might call it state aid in the old days, but uh, in support and invest in industries like steel. They'll be sitting here quite disappointed. I know we've had the pandemic and we've had... Um, uh, the war in Ukraine to distract the government. But I think they're still looking for governments to make some of those choices now that Britain is out of the European Union. Do, do you actually believe we have more choices to support industries like steel now? What I think is, what that tells you, that description tells you, it's nothing to do with whether they could, they just don't want to. So in, Bre in Europe, out of Europe, the answer has been the same. We either can't or we don't or we or, or now we don't want to. Because so actually in truth what this tells me is that they've turned their back on industry. Where is the industrial plan for Britain? Where is the plan for manufacturing? Where is the plan for our, our, our critical infrastructure areas in Britain? I think steel should be recategorised as a critical infrastructure area. That's what they do in America. If it's a critical infrastructure area of the, of the economy, it must be invested, it must be supported, the skills need to be there, the jobs need to be there. Um, and nobody in that place actually is thinking beyond 
the next 18 months. And that's the problem. We've got to be we've got to be looking at the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. If we don't start doing that industrially, Britain will lag behind whether we're in or out of Europe. That, but that, in a sense, is a secondary issue. It's whether or not we're going to do what we can to survive in terms of uh, the country and these infrastructure areas. Yeah, Sharon, listen, I could talk to you all day. It's yeah, been fantastic you. talking to you. Thanks very much for taking time out. I know you're very, very busy. Thank you. And uh, please come and visit the site, any of the yes. Tardis Steel you cut. You'll be very, very, very welcome. And, uh, and a power to your elbow and holding them to account in there. Thank you very much. Super. Thank Thanks very so much, much, Sharon. Thank, Thank you. you. So great, here we are and we've bumped into someone else, friend of ours, friend of the company, Mark Tarmy from Shotton, uh, MP up in Shotton. Mark, lots of Shotton steel workers here yeah, today, great to see, yeah. big day for the steel industry. It is, it is and you know it is bringing a message to the government that we need investment and we, and we actually need it now and we've had lots of warm words, lots of promises, lots of talk about this fund's available, that fund and that. But the industry really needs investment, and that is investment in Port Talbot, investment in Shotton. Because if we're talking about green steel and a future for the steel industry, then we've got to, you know, it's got to be really big change. And that isn't going to happen by accident. That isn't going to happen overnight. And if the company's going to invest, the government needs to invest as well. They've got to demonstrate to the company that we are serious about having a steel industry in this country. And when you have the uh, Business Secretary Kimmy Mazinot saying, "Well, you know, it's not effectively one thing or the other. Whether we have a steel, well, that's that's just just wrong, because if we don't have a steel industry in this country, we will be we will have to pay whatever the price is. You know, and we are a shot, and we're a world leader, quality products. You know, that sell at a premium. Why? Because the people buying them know they're getting a really good product. Yeah. And if we're just going to, you know." get cheaper imports that are not up to quality, well, that's, that's not what we should be about. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Shotton is an example of what the future can be, but to secure that future, we need that investment. Yeah, and, it, and, and lots of MPs of steel sites like yourself, understandably passionate about it. It's a big employer in the area, it creates jobs, it creates some uh, social stability in the communities. But what would you say to those MPs who may not have a steel site in their community? Why should it be important to them? But because steel, you can't do very much without steel. And I think what we've seen with obviously the events around Ukraine is it doesn't take much yeah. before you suddenly realise, hang on, if we're reliant on imports and the prices have gone through the roof, you know, everyone's talking about energy um, security. What about steel security? What about us having, you know, a, the most, probably the most important material in building and, and, and construction overall and we need a viable industry in this country and just thinking that it'll always be there and Shotton is a bit of an example of that you know I've, I've, you know there were you know over 14,000 people in that plant and we lost you know back in 1980 we lost you know, you know eight thousand over 8,000 people in one day lost oh, yeah. lost their their jobs no one wants wants to see something like that again and I want to see a secure shot and steelworks and a shot and still works that is re recruiting people, building up, because you know we made, as I said, we made 
we make great pro products there and let's carry on making them for the future. Yeah, and if Labour get in at the next uh, election, Mark, are you going to be holding Keir Starmer and Rachel Reeves to account about their commitment to the 28 billion green fund and the 3 billion for yeah, steel? Because yeah. there's some feeling in the industry that that might be starting to be at yeah. risk. Yeah, well, I, I think it's really important that we, that we keep what I want to see a Labour government deliver on that. And I think the difference is this is about investment. Yeah. It's not, not just increasing spending on this or that. This is about investing for the future. I'm not going to stand here and say, there's, there, don't worry, there'll be loads of money. And look, difficult choices will have to be made. But, but this industry is really at a cliff edge. I know we've talked about cliff edges in the, the past, but I really think it is. And if we don't invest now, then I, I really worry about the future. Yeah, and how confident are you as in Tata, from being from Tata Steel, Tata as a partner for a, for a government in terms of that investment? Well, to be fair to Tata, they are still here. They are still, you know, they have faith because they realise what, what a good producers we can be of, of quality products. But any company, whether it's Tata or anyone else, if they don't feel that they've got a government in this country that's going to do something about energy prices, that is going to do something about a, a, you know, a, a level playing field in, in terms of the future, then they obviously have choices. And that's how you know, the world works these days. That investment that Tata will want to, want to put in could, could go some, somewhere else. Exactly and, and we've got to make sure that they feel that this is a place to invest. Yeah, and we are seeing some movement on energy prices. The government has put in the supercharger, but you know it's going to take a bit of time. And uh, you know, many of us in the steel industry are saying we don't really have that much time. You know, in the next 18 months, maybe before the next election, yeah. what is it you could do to put pressure on the government to, to as you say, invest in the steel industry? Yeah. Well, I think, as I said, they've got a warm words are one thing, actions are something else, and they've really got to realise where we we actually are. And just promising things for the future is, is, is not where it is. We, we need that investment now, a commitment now, not, not, not just where we're trying to sort something in the future. You know, we've always seen when, you know, a steel plant goes down or looks like it's going down, then everyone runs around like, oh, we've got to save it. We've, 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 we've got to do that. But that, that, we don't want crisis management. We want a plan and we want long term investment, not not just every so often throwing a bit of money at something. So. Listen Mark, you've always been one of the strongest supporters of our industry, we're very grateful, Thank great very to much. take time out to talk Thank to us you. today and uh, right. we'll catch up with you soon. So here we are, it's just gone one o'clock, Prime Minister's questions has uh, just finished and we're going to see if we can find out whether any questions were asked in the House. Uh, delighted to be joined, Bill Esterton's come out to see us all. Bill, a very warm welcome to you, a friend of the steel industry, big day for steel. Oh, absolutely. It's fantastic to see so many steel workers in London telling the government that Britain, we need our steel. And that's the message the Labour Party completely supports. And it's what we'll support in government. And my colleague Chris Elmore asked the Prime Minister about the steel industry. And, you know, he just got, a, <laughs> he just got batted away yet again by this government. They don't understand. They don't seem to care. They want to leave it to the market. And that's just not going to cut it. We're the only country in the G20 where steel production is declining. That can't be right. In a dangerous world, in a world where we've got to transition to new industries, we need our core industries, especially steel. And when Labour is in government, we'll put that £3 billion of our green steel fund at 
the disposal of the steel industry to enable steel in the UK to compete internationally. And we recognise that we make some of the best steel in the world here. We've got to support those, these industries here. We've got to support the workers here. We've got to support the communities here. Yeah, Labour's up for this and we want to work, con continue to work with the industry and with the trade unions as part of our industrial strategy. Our plan for government sees steel as a fundamental part of a bright future in this country. Britain needs our steel and Labour's going to deliver it. Yeah, well, it's, um, power to your elbow and we're really looking forward to that. But I guess time is not on our side, you know, and uh, you talk to the steel workers today and they're saying that we need action now. You know, next Labour government can make promises in opposition and fine when it comes, if it comes. But what can we do in the next 18 months? Because everybody we speak to, politicians, press, people in the community, they all see the benefits of steel. They see the benefits of resilience for supporting the UK manufacturing chain. But it's just something that, that isn't clearly not persuasive enough for the current government for them to invest in steel. What, what is that, do you think? The, the, the problem is you have a government that is totally wedded to free market ideology. ideology. It is an ideological reason that they have for not working in partnership. It's why they've taken away even the name industrial strategy from the name of the business department in this country. Every modern economy succeeds through partnership between government, industry and its trade unions and that's what we'll do in government and while we're waiting for a general election which can't come soon enough yeah, yeah. we will keep that pressure on government. Chris Elmore asked a question today of the Prime Minister. I asked a question of the Defence Secretary on Monday and I said look we've got an opportunity here with defence contracts for national security reasons to make sure all steel is made in this country and they just won't admit that it's a priority or that having a strong sovereign capability matters for the security of our country as well as the for economic reasons uh, and we'll keep making that point tomorrow it's questions to the trade and business secretary you've got Jess Morden Stephen Kinnock and me we'll all be asking questions again about steel tomorrow yeah. so we'll keep our work going we want the unions to do the same thing, we want the employers to do the same thing, we want the public to do the same thing. Uh, and we'll make that case to this government that they need to support steel for the future of our country. Uh, and we'll keep making that case now and we'll definitely deliver it when we're in government. Yeah, super. And, and, you know, and we know you intervene a lot in government and you speak up the steel industry, as many of those uh, steel MPs do. You know, lots of the issues we've got at the moment are predicated on this need to get to net zero. This government enshrined that in law. Do you think that was a good thing to do? Well, the government's enshrined a lot of things in law. They've made all sorts of commitments publicly. They have ambitious targets. The problem is their actions show that they don't really mean it and that they just want to leave it all to the market and you have government ministers energy secretaries in this government who say they're going to sit and wait and see what other countries do well that's just not good enough when you've got joe biden putting 400 billion dollars into the u.s economy to support the transition to low carbon when you've got the european union making similarly significant contributions to support the transition. When you've got countries around the world doing it, when you've got China doing what it does to produce huge amounts of steel, India the same. This country can't sit on the sidelines. We've got to lead the world. And the, the good news 
And the opportunity, and the reason why I'm optimistic, in spite of the threat and the challenge, is we have many of the best technologies being developed here. We have some of the best steel production and quality here. And we have so many advantages with our climate and our geography and our geology to support the production of low carbon steel, which is where the future lies. We can develop carbon capture and storage. Why? Because we have some of the best technology in it. We can develop hydrogen because we have some of the best technology in it. And we can develop low carbon renewable energy through more wind onshore as well as offshore, through solar, through tidal and through nuclear because we often have the best conditions to do so. But it will take the ambition of a government working with industry across sectors to deliver it. And you know, it's not just about steel, it's about the rest of the economy. Yeah. It's about supply chains, it's about jobs, it's about communities. And for any objective analysis, we have to support our steel industry, and that's what we will do. Now you know the steel work as well, you have some in your constituency, you know the people here, you talk to them often. These guys and, and, and girls and people in the industry, salt to the earth, highly intelligent, highly trained workforce, 8,000 within Tata Steel alone, many more in the other parts of the industry. What's your message to the people who work in the steel industry in the UK? Labour has your backs, we support you all the way, we are hugely impressed and grateful for the brilliant contribution that the steel workforce in the UK makes and we're going to support you because Britain needs our steel, Labour in government will support our steel industry and until we get there we'll do as much as we can to make the current government do the same. Fantastic. Bill, thanks very much for joining us. Pleasure to talk to you again today Absolutely. and uh, I'll leave you to go and do whatever you need to do and talk to the steel workers today. So look who else we found, MP for the largest steel work in the UK, Stephen Kinnock, MP for Aberavon, long-time supporter of the steel industry. We're outside your second home here, Houses of Parliament, just had PMQs, how did it go? Well, it was great to see my colleague Chris Elmore, the Labour MP for Ogmore, asking a question about steel. He mentioned the fact that we had steel workers in the gallery uh, and he made it very clear that uh, we've got a choice now as a country. Do we want to be a country that has a steel industry going forward, which is about our national security, it's about uh, the really good jobs uh, that it provides in Aberavon and, and right across Wales and the UK, and it's about the transition to a greener future. And Chris said very clearly, what is the government going to do to step up and support? Uh, the, the answer from Rishi Sunak was not really what we would have hoped for. It's absolutely clear that the government needs to do more because our country needs to have a steel industry. Yeah, it's really difficult, isn't it? And I guess the steel workers here might be looking on at the politicians from both sides and saying, you know, if you can ask as many questions in Prime Minister's questions as you like, but if they're not moving, what else can we do? In the end, it's a question of leadership. And it's up to the Prime Minister and the Chancellor of the Exchequer and the Cabinet to decide whether they're going to have an industrial strategy that builds a strong steel industry for the future. Uh, steel has got an incredibly bright future in the UK. The amount of steel we make in the UK is uh, many millions of tonnes less than the demand. So there's plenty of headroom uh, for us to go into, but we need a government that's sending a clear signal that it wants to work in partnership with Tata Steel and the other steel companies across the UK so that we can invest in a brighter future for young people coming through the industry 
and to ensure that we have an industry that can make uh, the trains that we ride in, the aeroplanes that we fly in, the offices we work in, the homes that we live in, the cutlery that we eat our meals with. You can't do any of that without a, a vibrant British steel industry and I just wish that this government would step up to the plate and do what's needed. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of that from the steel workers here today and I know over recent years they will have got great sucker from the Labour government commitment to the 28 billion green fund and the 3 billion for steel uh, and although, you know, it seems a long time away till the next election possibly, but maybe they're starting to feel a bit nervous now because there's some signals from uh, the shadow um, Chancellor that some of those spending commitments might be pushed back to the end of the next parliament and I think a lot of people in the UK steel industry will say we can't wait till the end of the next parliament. How worried are you about that? Well I think the £28 billion commitment still stands. It's a question of ensuring that you make the plans, do the design, ensure that you've got the strategy in place so that when you commit the funds they're ready to be spent. I think what Rachel was saying is she didn't want to just uh, force money through the system without having a proper plan in place as to how it's going to be delivered and that, that absolutely applies to steel. Uh, what I think uh, Tata Steel and other companies are looking for is that clear signal and clear commitment. So in, you know, within the first 100 days of a Labour government there will be clear commitments on how we are going to design and deliver uh, the Clean Steel Fund. Uh, that will give Tata the green light to start investing, to start building the electric arc furnace, to start investing in the hydrogen technology. The British government, Labour government's funding will come on stream once we've got all of that set up and ready to go. But what we, we're making clear to Tata Steel is you need that signal, you need that clear commitment. And what they're saying to us is once we have that signal and that clear commitment, we will make the investment happen and we will start the projects moving forward. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. And I think any company like Tata Steel would say, look, what we want is certainty. And if that commitment is strong enough to give them that certainty, hopefully that will, that will push them over into, into that stage of investment, which, as you know, takes a number of years. Now, one of the things we've been talking to people about today is, of course, you're going to be keen about the steel industry. It's your constituency. Your constituents are steel workers or steel workers' families. But there's relatively few of you and to have an influence in Parliament. And yet there are hundreds of other MPs in Parliament who, who, who may have manufacturing industries in their constituency. How do, we, how do we rally those people to start putting pressure on the government in favour of their own constituents, which might be manufacturing cars or radiators or pipelines or anything else? You know, you know, eight or ten of you is probably not enough, is it? Well, Community Union has organised an absolutely brilliant uh, march and campaign today. Hundreds and hundreds of steel workers walking down from Trafalgar Square to Parliament Square, uh, steel workers in the gallery. Britain, we need our steel, is the campaign. But you're absolutely right, Tim, that we need to make sure that people understand that steel is a foundation industry that feeds into every single aspect of our manufacturing sector, from automotive to, to construction to military and defence. So what we need to do is get, particularly I would say, Conservative MPs much more aware and up to speed on the vital role that steel plays in their constituencies. Every single constituent that they have relies on steel. We need those constituents writing to their Conservative MPs saying, listen, you've got uh, the red telephone into number 10, into the tr Chancellor, uh, into the Business Secretary. You need to be writing emails, pressurising your MP, lobbying to make sure that the Conservative Parliamentary Party 
is making it clear to their cabinet that this is the right thing to do. So you're absolutely right, the, the steel campaign needs to be right across the UK. It's not just about towns that happen to have a steelworks in there, in the constituency. This is an issue that affects every single person that lives in our country. Yeah, well, let's hope that uh, people heed that, those words, Stephen. I guess, you know, you're looking forward to next year when there might be a general election. You're hoping the Labour will get an, uh, a majority in there. I think slightly worried that Rachel Reeves might sit down at a desk and there's a little piece of paper saying, sorry, there's no money left. Well, look, uh, what we need is an economy that's driven on investment. Don't forget that Keir Starmer's number one pledge is to deliver the highest level of sustained growth in the G7. Number two pledge to make Britain a clean power superpower. You cannot do either of those things without a vibrant, competitive, profitable and strong steel industry. Keir knows that. Rachel knows that. So th there's no point in us... Uh, sitting there and making those pledges unless we actually commit to doing something about it. It's not going to happen by waving a magic wand. It's going to happen by having a government that has an industrial strategy and that is investing in the future of our manufacturing sector and investing in the future of our steel industry because that's the only way you get sustainable growth. That's the only way that we become a clean power uh, superpower. That's the only way we close the massive gap that exists between London and the South East and the rest of our country. Keir and Rachel know that. We are going to be inheriting a mess because I'm afraid we have had 13 years of a lack of investment uh, and a lack of in investment in our infrastructure and in our industries. We're going to have to clear that mess up, but you don't clear the mess up by just taking your hands off the wheel. You clear the mess up by getting stuck in, rolling your sleeves up and doing what's necessary. Stephen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I could talk to you all day. And uh, I know you've been on a pod once before, but uh, maybe one day in a year or so's time when things change, we'll get you back on and we'll have another chat. But thanks on behalf of the Steelworkers, thanks for your support. Thank you thanks for much. taking time out today. And uh, always a pleasure to see you. Always a pleasure to Look thank after you yourself. very much. So here we are, we're still bumping into people in Parliament Square. We had Prime Minister's question times earlier, lots of politicians come out to join us and talk to steel workers from across the UK. Uh, delighted to have uh, doorstep Johnny Reynolds. Johnny, a friend of the steel industry, you came to Portalba not that long ago. Um, industry is in your remit. Tell us why today is so important for the steel industry. First of all, it's hugely appreciated to have this rally because you know certainly from my point of view as a prospective business and industrial strategy secretary I know about the importance of steel I've been able to visit to see places to have those conversations with workforce and management but if I'll be frank I don't think everyone in government understands the importance of this sector and I don't think everyone in the media does and so by having a rally of this scale of this size people come from all parts of the country it gives us a chance to make clear to get that message out that this is not about some sort of industry of the past, some sort of sunset industry that needs some kind of government assistance, but no, it's about the future, it's about what's integral to a modern economy and what are other countries doing, crucially, how are they treating their sector, the kind of big public and private collaborations we're seeing, but we're not, we're not yet seeing that here in the UK, and so there's a choice we've got to make, and to me we cannot be the first developed country without a domestic steel industry, and I think the, the partnerships are there, the workforce on board, the unions are on board. I think a lot of the companies, we've had some very yeah, frank conversations yeah. with them, they want to be part of this, but not, it's not going to happen without an active government that's committed to this. And it's not, it's not about blank checks or anything like that. You know, there are things that we would want as an incoming Labour government in exchange for that public and private relationship to, to deliver green steel. But I think that can be done. And by having the workforce here at this rally today, it's a chance to put that message across. And that's why I personally appreciate it so much. 
Yeah, and no, it's good. You make a good point there about uh, the public awareness and the media awareness of the steel industry and its importance. And, you know, maybe that's critical to the future because you've visited steel constituencies. You know how passionate the people are within it, the managers, the workforce, the communities. You know, it's almost an emotional attachment to the steel industry as well as a logical one because of the jobs. But in the rest of the country, do you get this sense that people are saying, well, I haven't really got a steel industry on my doorstep, so I don't really care about it. And how do we, how might we convince the general public that steel is actually fundamental to the future of the, of the UK economy? Well, I don't think with the public, the perception problem is, is, is as much a problem with that because although steel has a certain footprint, obviously, you know, there are a lot of people like, for instance, where I grew up, a former coal mining area or you know, other part of Sunderland, very much about shipbuilding, where they have seen in their own communities transitions handled badly. And it's not about people being nostalgic for any. Any industry of the past, I don't think we'd have coal mining on the on the scale we once did, but they understand how you manage transitions, how you move to new markets, how you respond to that. That is the business of government, to help the country, help industries go and move with that. And, and that's the challenge here, isn't it? So I think there are lots of people who, perhaps without a personal or, or a geographic location to steal, have seen a story and they want to see it done differently. That's what we want to do differently. Let's, let's meet this challenge of the future. And so there are allies out there. And I think it's about building that, that message, that, that solidarity all around the country and building a political coalition out of that. And I absolutely believe that can be done. Yeah, and it's quite frustrating for lots of workers here today. And you talk to them and they said, look, we voted Brexit because they thought it would give our government more autonomy. And you hear messages coming out of governments about levelling up. And you look at the steel communities and they're primed for levelling up. Um, you talk about um, the, the industrial powerhouse, George Osborne's March of the Makers. And it's great, isn't it? Um, and yet we, we, we're facing this... You know, once in a generation, once in a lifetime, technology challenge for all base steelmakers in Patalba and Scunthorpe. It was the government who enshrined in law net zero. What what hope have the steel workers in the UK got looking forward? And what would you say, maybe more importantly, to Tata Group in India who are looking on to say, is this a place that we should be investing billions of pounds? Yeah, absolutely. I think first of all. No matter how much progress, and we've made some progress as a country towards net zero, some of the big challenges are ahead. Industrial decarbonisation is a big challenge. Home heating is a big challenge. And for me, what is the tantamount, the most, the most important thing to any of this, we cannot meet those objectives by just outsourcing industry to other parts of the world. I don't think that would be the route to prosperity. I think it would be essentially a fraud to do that. But I think I would also under, undermine the kind of political support that these big changes require. And so that brings the role of government in this place right to the centre. How we're going to, how is that? It can only be a partnership between industry and government. It can't be done by government alone. Clearly, wouldn't even have enough money to do that as the UK government. But also, I don't think the scale of investment can be done by the private sector alone. Hence, hence, it's got to be a relationship. And I would say to any company, and we've met, you know, as the, as the shadow secretary of state for business with every one of these companies who are relevant in any bit of the steel sector and supply chain in the UK. You want a partner will be that partner. Yes, there'll be commercial elements to that negotiation. There'll be things we want. There'll be things any company would want. But yes, we could be that partner. And crucially, the UK could be a tremendous place for this exciting new phase, this green steel, which the market is, is wanting. Because we've got the workforce, we've got the expertise, the quality is here. I mean, I think that is widely accepted. But if the market is wanting something, we're going to have to move to deliver that. And increasingly, that is what people want. And of course, that requires this, you know, we're at this big moment where the new technology, the new electric arc furnaces and other trials around the use of hydrogen will, will need, this is the moment to do it. Yeah. And so I, I think this could be, could genuinely be, and people will be aware that 
actually the, the domestic steel sector in the UK is smaller than you'd, you'd broadly expect it to be given the size of the UK economy. So there could be more opportunities here. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and look at what we're talking about across a whole range of policy areas, whether it's more renewables, whether it is the uh, move to lighter vehicles because they're going to be electric or hydrogen powered. I'm seeing a demand for steel everywhere. Look at the housing yeah. demand we've yeah, got. Yeah. Uh, the, the need for a new industrial and employment and commercial facilities across all parts of the UK. Steel, steel and more steel. So let's have it done here. And that's, that's only one way we can do that, which is, of course, this big transition. So I, I actually, I'd say to anyone, there could be some really big opportunities here. And of course, the, the conversation as well about carbon uh, border adjustment mechanisms is going to be a part of that from a from a kind of global perspective. So look, th- this is a moment. Let's let's seize it. You know, let's make the most of it. And and I, I think it'll be an exciting future. Yeah. And I think whenever we talk to people, everybody, uh, politicians and the media seem to understand that steel is so fundamental to the future of the UK economy that. Um, a lot of people's frustrations as voters will be about politics and one party opposing the other party. And I wonder if steel is in a place where it's so important to the UK that the voters will say, why can't, why can't you guys get together across parties to ensure the future of steel? I know there's all party parliamentary group, but how much influence can you as an individual and people, uh, steel constituency MPs, have on the Conservative members of that group, or, or how can that group work in a cross-party way for the future of steel? The All-Party Group is very is a good reputation. You know, it's a great convening forum of, of steel MPs. You know, there are a number of decisions around p- particular sectors of the UK economy where there are, you know, maybe firms are contemplating a big investment decision, and because we're maybe 12 or 18 months away from a general election, they have a conversation with us in case we were the incoming government as to how would consistency be maintained, you know, between what's agreed now and then, how would we make sure that that long-term decision could be made in good faith and confidence. We're always available yeah. to have that. But the, the big the big question has got to be, is the government willing yeah. to, to say out loud, we will be the partner this sector needs around this transition? I mean, if they are, yes, that, 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 you know, that consensus, that, that long-termism, it's more than possible because it exists in some other yeah. areas. But I worry at the minute, mm. you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot of words or progress coming out of the government, and I, 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 I don't see any real industrial priorities, there's no real industrial strategy at all from, from the government. So do you get harsh words across the table in the APPG, is it, you know, one side battering the other trying to, trying to move the government? It's not so much the APPG, but it is, you know, when we're doing we're business and trade questions uh, yeah. in Parliament tomorrow, it'll be a very, I'm sure be, you know, vocal questions from colleagues here, part of this rally today, just making the point that people were here, and, and when are we going to see that progress, but I... I think there are elements of this government who struggle with the fact that the world has moved towards this more industrial strategy space. I mean, look at what the Americans are doing with the Inflation Reduction Act. Very significant, you know, interventions. It's almost at times like the government hasn't caught up with that. You know, hasn't accepted the reality of the world. And again, you know, the question has got to be, are we in favour as a country of a strong domestic steel sector? You know, my answer to that question is yes. Yeah. Now, if people are willing to work with us on that, yes, I'd, I'd love to see the confidence given for those investment decisions to be made now. I know the workforce here, they, they like, for instance, the Labour Party's commitment to green steel, but they're worried about the here and now, and they're worried yeah. about an election so. could be 18 months ago. It's entirely yeah. reasonable to have yeah. those concerns. So anything we can do to keep that pressure up, to try and see some progress made. You know, if the government were to bring forward announcements, I wouldn't be saying, oh no, they've stolen my <laughs> policy. I'd be saying, great, absolutely great. That's one thing off my in-tray. I can now make sure if we do win the election, we're going to fight hard for that. We've got some progress as we need it. So there's no threat to us uh, from that. We'd love to see that progress and we'll continue to do everything that we can 
to see progress made sooner rather than later, which I know is what the workforce want. Johnny, pleasure talking to you as Thank always. You Thanks for taking time out today to see us and uh, coming to support the steel workers. And uh, uh, we'll see you back on one of our sites soon, I'm sure. Thank you. What a day we've had. So we're uh, on our way back home now after a fantastic rally in London. Started at Trafalgar Square, went all the way down Whitehall, ended up in Parliament Square. Hundreds of steel workers from all over the UK. We talked to Johnny Reynolds, the Shadow Business Secretary, talked to Stephen Kinnock. We talked to uh, Sharon Graham from Unite Union. We talked to Roy Rickers. Loads and loads of people there. Everybody supporting the steel industry and everybody arguing for its continuous for the government to invest in it. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone's on the same page. Um, so it's well worth doing, well worth coming along um, and hopefully you've enjoyed the interviews we've done on this podcast and uh, why not subscribe uh, to the usual channels, it's Steelcast on Podbean, Google, Apple or Spotify. Uh, join us next time. <laughs>